Um, thanks for being here this morning. Um, it's really cool that, um, here we go, that um, I have the absolute privilege to speak on this um, because the Lord has shown me so, uh, so beautifully uh, the, the um, identity and the role of women within the kingdom of God. And um, he's, he's really shown me, and I would say probably in the last six months more on an intensive level, his uh, glorious intention for the church and his glorious intention for the women within the church, um, his perfect design uh, and also our function within it. And um, it's, it's kind of like the kingdom he's revealed to me as a household. And uh, by realizing this, I think I'm seeing my days really fulfilled uh, by functioning to his design uh, that I have in my mind and the intention, his intention is in my heart. And operating from that place of understanding those things, the intention of God, the design and our function, um, is, is just so freeing. Because it's like every day you know that you're living with purpose and intention and and in alignment with with what the Lord is doing. Um, so my prayer has been and will continue that um, that the Spirit will conquer and bring down any strongholds that are in opposition to the Lord's intent, design, and function for women within the church. Um, because it is such a powerful role um, that we even know the fall of man was a perfect example of women hearing from somewhere else and taking the man with her. And so it's, it's a very powerful um, role, but I think the original intent of it has been blurred with um, ideas from the world of what, what women should be. So what strength and weakness is and, and things like that. So anyway, let's begin right in the beginning uh, where we're going to look in Genesis 1. And it says that God created man, male and female. Now, I haven't quite seen it like this before. But the word man is also Adam in that case. But Adam actually in that uh, context has nothing to do with maleness, but everything to do with humanness. And then it goes on in Genesis 2 where it says, um, it says, God took the man, put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. And then he said, it's not good for man to be alone, so I will make him a helper that is suitable for him. And and then it goes on to say how Adam started naming the birds and the beasts of the year, and the Lord says, I can't find a helper that's suitable. So what he's going to do at that point is take a rib out of Adam from his side and fashion it into a woman. And that is actually the first time we hear Eve becoming a separate entity or a separate being from Adam. Now, I've never quite seen that before, 
But I think the formation of man to know that the first the 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 first um, uh, point that the Lord made man was that it was an equal male female, and then He goes on to divide one flesh into two. So one into two, two back into one, right? So we are from the same substance. The order in which he made them, two, was the male first. And his function was to rule over, have dominion, um, and multiply and fill the earth. That was the instruction. Eve as a female was made second, and that was to be a helper, right, who was to partner with him but with the same purpose. So it's two with one purpose, right, in mind. You see, male and female are created equally, right, and this is not what we hear and there's a battle on for equality, but it's not about equality because it's an equal partnership but with different functions, right, and I want to be clear that when I'm referencing Adam and Eve um, as the first created, um, sorry, when I'm referencing them, Adam and Eve, it's as the first male and female, not as the first husband and wife within marriage. Because clearly they didn't start off as a married couple. They were one being, right? And then they were expressed as male and female, um, becoming the two expressions, and the intent of the two expressions is to actually reflect the complete image of God, which is beautiful, isn't it? That God, to have a complete view of him, it's to be seen in the male and the female, which is quite amazing, I think. And Corinthians says, you know, in the Lord, neither is woman independent of man or man is independent of woman, right? And he, he reminds us that woman originates from man she has come from man but at the same time man has come from woman through his birth pretty beautiful right that um, it's in 1 Corinthians it says that in the Lord neither is woman independent of man or man is independent of woman for woman originates from man so also the man has his birth through woman and all things originate from God Beautiful, and I think it gives the complete picture, an image of God, uh, that firstly it's presented um, the concept of God in a unique social community, right? Because God said, let us make man in our image. So we hear the concept of community and family even within that. And so in order to even reflect this concept of God, it's through the male and female. Um, <clears throat> as we can see, this community is the church, okay? And um, it's, we can see how it's where the church gets her identity, life, and power from God because everything originates from him. And can we see how Eve gets her, her identity uh, her life and power from God, but through Adam. Because remember, she came from him, right? But the power, the identity is all from God, but it's through Adam. And just as Christ 
It's the same. Um, The church gets her identity, life, and power from God, but through Christ. Does that make sense? Cool. There is a functioning order of first, then second. And I can't celebrate this enough uh, because by knowing that place of second is not inferior, but actually it's a place of provision. And I'm learning more and more how submission is the perfect place for provision. And I'll go into that more. Um, But, you know, that is the Lord's glorious intent of why male and female are the expressions of his community and um, why it's important for the male to be the male and the woman to be the woman, right? And, um, you know, the Hebrew language is just absolutely extraordinary. And some, some think that this language was the language God used to actually speak the universe into being. And in this alphabet, there's the Hebrew alphabet, there's 22 letters. And I just want you to hear the, the perfect design in the Lord's ways. Um, and so the, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Aleph. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but it's Aleph. And this means strong. It means power. It means leader and chief. And the number assigned to Aleph is one. The symbol for Aleph is an ox head, which represents their strength and power, which is used for many jobs in plowing, transporting, and threshing, right? That was the point of um, what oxes would do, which the Spirit reminded me how Adam was, um, was told by the Lord that he would have to work the soil and he would he would have to um, cultivate and produce the land, produce from the land, and um, that he is the first son, right? He's the first man. So we can hear that 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 um, sense of strong power leader chief. It's also interesting that um, with oxen, when they do work, they work in pairs, but the fact that they um, they uh, Sorry, they are taught to follow oral and hand commands by their master. And again, I was like, he didn't heed the voice to his master in the garden. He heeded his voice to the helper. And we can see how that's out of order, right? Um, Which was just so, so amazing to me. The modern day Hebrew... Aleph symbol is like a, a cross, and it means strong authority commands. Bet, which is the second letter in the Hebrew alphabet, um, th- this fascinates me completely. So bait means house, family, inside, a physical house, building, or body of people. And the number assigned to bait is two. So can we hear the order of one, two, and how one provides for number two who expresses a place, a family, a household, a body of people. No wonder the church is called her, right? And to me, this is just such a profound point that as women, we have We are the demonstration of, of what the church should be 
Do you know what I mean? Like by being homemakers, by being um, overseeing the household in partnership with the chief and the leader, if we don't play our role, there's, there's going to be no functioning of the intent for the body and for the household. One combination, meaning of the three letters that make up bait, I love this, is covenant, family, worship. Oh, right? It's like, I want to be a female. Like, it's good times, right? Um, and so the symbol bait represents the floor plan of a family tent. And so what, what the woman would do is spin and weave hair to make tent panels. And the panels are added to the family as it grows. So interesting. And the tent is the central location for the family. And listen to this. The father is the chief and the leader, but the tent usually belongs to the mother. Pretty cool. <laughs> and I, so I hope we can hear the bigger t- picture here and how significant and powerful our roles are as women within the church, within the household, in helping establish God's family, but also establishing his home. Um, You know, God said to Adam, be fruitful and multiply. And at that point, Eve was not around or a separate entity as yet. But God then made her to help him. And as women, we have been designed to enlarge and make greater what we have been given. And it is actually part of our function. Okay, I'm getting hot again. I'm just going to take this off. (laughs) Um, You know, a man once said, uh, give her seed and she'll give you children. (laughs) (laughs) Give her a house and she'll give you a home. Give her groceries, she'll give you a meal. Give her a smile and she'll give you her heart. She multiplies and enlarges what is given to her. He also went on to say, though, you give her any crap and you'll get a ton of. And I was like, wise man. Yeah, wise man. Yeah. It was so funny when, um, when uh, Greg, well, actually, Kirk had the thought that we should sh- swap. You know, I'll go speak to the men and the men come. I said, Greg, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go speak in a room full of men, you know. And he's like, get over it. You're more than a conqueror. And then I was thinking when I read this, I was like, actually, good luck to you. You've got to go stand in a room full of women. Like, you know, any, you know, anything comes out, good luck to you. So anyway, good luck to him later. But he's got a wife who's got his back. So it's all good. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I've actually come to understand how authority and headship first um, is actually our provision or is the provision to the second. So if we understand as authority and headship in our lives, the coverings in our lives as first, we will see that it's actually provision for our very place. Does that make sense? Um, Adam was made to work, plow, tend to the garden, protect and provide for the woman. The woman is to help establish and expand what has been given to her. His covering is her provision, just as Christ is the covering of the church and is her provision. And you see, there is a serious responsibility that comes with the provision 
because it's actually a really strong sign of trust. Have we ever thought about it that way? That it's, it's a, so, a strong sign of trust in I will give you what I have, trusting that you will use it to steward and serve it in a way that it benefits all, that it will enlarge in and bring a greater effect to what I've been given you. And it reminds me of the parable of the talents. Everyone know the parable of the talents? Um, which is such a poignant picture of God entrusting his people with his provision. And how his people value his provision will determine uh, what they do with it. Right? They will either bury it in fear or lack, or they will invest it, multiply it, and make greater what has been given. And it all depends on how they know the investor. If they don't trust him, if the church doesn't trust God, she is going to bury what she's been given. If there is that element of trust he has given to me that I can go out and express and enlarge and multiply what he's been given to me, it's rewarded because it's a sign of trust. And so when I talk about provision and covering, it, you know, I'm talking about how it applies to every sphere of our lives. And we've all got different uh, uh, things that are um, uh, different kinds of provision, different kinds of coverings in our lives, whether it's our bosses, where we work, whether it's um, parents, whether it's our husbands, whether it's um, leadership within the, fa- uh, the, the church, the elders, these are all coverings. Um, provision, I mean, that can extend to anything. Uh, having a car to drive, food on the table, um, a, a, you know, a roof over our heads. Um, but I'm, I want to come from the angle of within the church. Um, because as we can hear, we were created from the beginning to establish the Lord's home and extend his family. And so that is really, as female, that is our first place priority because we've been designed for that function. Um, We, as the church, have been given the Holy Spirit. We've been given the power and the love of God. We've been given his word. We've been given the talents within the body. We've been given the gifts within the body. Uh, We've been given, um, I personally feel, the most amazing eldership and leadership. Um, We have been given a covering that is so submitted uh, to the Lord's covering, which is the greatest provision we could ask for. Um, And, you know, the Lord has poured himself out to us. He he himself has invested himself into his people. And it's just, how do we see it? Are we going to be good servants and stewards of the Lord's investment of his power, his spirit, his word, his love? Do we receive it, treasure it? Do we multiply it and enlarge it? Or do we bury it? Because we don't actually trust what we have. And the thing is, you know, there's, there's no excuse not to function in this way because we've been absolutely designed for it. But more than this, we have the ability and the provision to be this, but more than this, we all have the ultimate, highest, richest covering, which is Christ. 
So we don't need a husband to be this. We don't need, um, you know, say parents or grandparents to, to not experience the full functioning of this because we have Christ. And, you know, when I was in South Africa um, a few years ago, and I have shared this story, but it, the Lord reminded me again how I met this beautiful older lady, great of age woman. Um, her name was Lillian, and um, she couldn't speak a word of English. She didn't have a husband there. We were um, gathering as a, as a church, um, and I just felt to pray and, and lay hands and, and just pray in tongues, and, and um, I got this picture. We had all these people around us, and you know she can't really understand me because I, I don't speak English, but I speak in the Spirit, and so does she. And so <laughs> I was praying, and I just got this picture of her being a covering, and I could see this lineage but something had stopped with her and this provision that from under her covering came for the rest of the household. And I, I shared this with a translator and he said, wow, she came from a lineage of Sangormas, which is witch doctors, right? That, that um, in Africa, they, uh, you know, they, um, it's, it's like they give medicine or formulas and they rub things together and, they, you know, they, it's like that spiritual side of things. And um, what had happened, she was a Sangoma, and it came right through the family. But then she came to know God, and it stopped. And from, from her covering, as a woman who was submitted to the Lord, who knew her covering was Christ, that had received the provision of the Lord in her life, had become the new covering for the rest of her family down. She was a grandmother, a lot older lady, beautiful, um, yet her whole family was in the Lord, down. And I just thought, oh, like that is the power and the provision of Christ in our lives. When we, when we can freely submit, we will see and know that in our place of submission, it's the best place for provision, and it's not competition. And as women, we really need to hear this. We are not to be in competition with one another. But no, but the Lord says, submit to one another, honor one another, come under one another. Because at the end of the day, we all originate from the same place. We are equal, yet we are all called to function differently. You know, the other thing is, submission for women is a sign of trust. When a woman submits, it means she trusts what she's under. A sign of, of um, trust for a man is his provision and giving it over. Think about it. I think, you know, with Kirk, with one income coming in, it's like I can use that income for myself, you know, and go, go spend it on what I want, what I need, da 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 But at the end of the day, it's like I have been made to partner with him, to suit him and our family. And my function and what I feel innately to do in the spirit is to enlarge and increase what I've been given that it benefits all, right? So that my child can eat, that we can have people come over and have meals, that we can um, enlarge in our lives with what we've been given, right? Um so it's, it's how we value our provision. So I just want to quickly talk. So I've, 
I've talked about the intent, the design, and now I just want to share on the function. Because I know in reality for us women, uh, we are multitaskers, we're busy, there's a lot going on, whether it's working or putting meals on the table, running around, picking kids up, dropping kids off, um, being part of different sports teams or, or whatever. We have a lot going on. But I know that um, as women, we can live where our heart is full of another world, even when our hands are full of this world, right? That is, that is the kingdom reality, where we live in the physical, yet our heart is full of the spiritual and the unseen. And I guess this is what I really want us to hear, is that being designed to, to function as a, as a homemaker um, in the spiritual and in the physical, we just have capabilities to do that, um, and a partner, is that we cultivate this in our own lives with the Lord, that we see him as our provider, that we see him as our covering, that we go to him for our provision, that we, that we um, create a hospitable home for him to come and dwell in. He talks about that, doesn't he? In your hearts I will dwell. I will come and dwell um, with her. And there's, there's a scripture that says, you know, like husbands, rem- remember that your, your wives are weaker vessels. Now, again, I don't think it's just husband and wife. It's male female, the weaker vessels. So go and sit with her, dwell with her, listen to her. You know, honor her in that way. <clears throat> and as as females and as women, that's our position where we can we can dwell and know that the Lord will come and sit with us and he will listen and he will dwell. Not expect us to do, 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 but just come and be because he is the perfect lover and provider. And so to cultivate in our own hearts, you know, to do the the house cleaning, let the Lord come in and show you the dusty areas of your heart. Let him come in and put the light on where it's dark. Let him come in and do help you sweep and clean house because that's where it all starts. That's our attitude towards the Lord is what creates our attitude to people. Okay, whether, whether it's um, our coverings, whether it's our partners, whether it's our children, whether it's whatever it is in, in the work situation, what, what is cultivated in the heart towards the Lord, if we see him as father, if we see him as husband, as lover, as as provider, we will have room, our heart will be consumed with him. And then we find that it actually makes room in our lives to put the first thing first, which is the kingdom of God, right? By making first thing first is being in service as a helper and stewarding in establishing God's household and expanding his spiritual family. Um, This is so important because even in that, you know, it, it starts with us and in our hearts, but it is to also be expressed and extended not only to our own families and homes, which is most definitely important, but this house, because this is the body of people. This is the building. This is the tent. This is the floor plan, right? And the Lord has actually said to us that, yes, we have the chiefs, we have the leaders that are over it, but it is our space to be helpers 
and stewards in what has been given. And so I want us to think about today, how am I serving and stewarding within this household, within this spiritual family? What does it look like to raise children here? What does it look like to submit to leadership here or to covering here? What does it look like to nurture the weakened spirit here? What does it look like to strengthen the weakened hands or the heartbroken? What does it look like to encourage? What does it look like to feed the household? What do these things look like? Because I, I can, I, from, from what I'm experiencing, I can tell you it is a fulfilling function. It is absolutely fulfilling. It, our days are made up in serving the Lord, and you know exactly where you are is where you should be, and nothing beats that. Um, and I, you know, to me, this is what it means to first seek the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added. All the busyness, all the things we need to do, have to do, these things are, are just taken care of when we've cultivated a heart of being a, a, um, a homemaker with the Lord and with our families and here in this place and, and being, um, you know, having a desire to make greater what we've been given, to expand um, the family, to, to help and steward the family by raising up the children of the Lord. And when I say children, I'm not just even talking about the little ones. I'm talking about the young in faith. And I'm talking about, you know, honour the elders. And yes, I'm talking about the elders as our covering, but also I'm talking about the elders in the faith. You know, exhort and encourage them. Listen to them. They are full of wisdom. Incline your ear to them. Um, these are some of the things that it can look like to operate within a household, a spiritual household and a spiritual family. Um. Make the most room in your life for God's priorities. Know his heart. What does that look like? It means loving the Lord with your whole heart, soul, mind, strength. Um, did we hear Greg's um, awesome message on the, um, the ruler? What's the young rich ruler? <laughs> and just we're hearing about it. What does it mean to love the Lord completely first and foremost? Um, that's to know his heart, to know his intents and design. And again, we're hearing of these things, whether it's through fivefold, whether it's through this environment, whether it's through discipleship um, groups, all these different environments, if you can imagine, are homes where the Lord can come and dwell. It is the, the homes where we can be helpers in establishing what he is doing in the people in these homes and, and steward and serve to expand and multiply what, what provision is there. Um, be intentional with our time and resource by investing it in his people and his household. Don't be busy with nothing. And I'm learning this. You know, it was a few months ago, the Lord, I woke up and went to the toilet, <laughs> that's my life story at the moment, and um, I just heard the words, last day, and I was like, last day, okay, and in the moment I had just overcome with like, what are you saying, 
is this the enemy? Like it was freak, you know, freaking me out. I went, I went somewhere I shouldn't have. I started reading things I shouldn't, that was all about. Yeah, I'm not even going to go there. But anyway, the Lord finally spoke to me and he said, you know, it was the scripture, Lord, um, help me to count my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. And he said to me, Melissa, it's not about counting your days. It's about using your days to be fruitful. And there is such a difference between being busy and being fruitful. Busy is like beating the air and achieving nothing. It's directionless. It's the rat race of life, really. Where being fruitful is knowing the heart, the intent, and the design of the Lord. And as, a, as the female in us is to partner, submit, hear, and align ourselves that we would receive the provision of what he, his glorious intent is that we would come into the fullness of that. Um, so, and it, it warns this very much about, you know, and, and kind of pinpointing women within the word where it says, you know, like in this context, it talks about the young widows who they've got, they've got nothing better to do. So they just go from house to house gossiping and um, they can't stay home. It talks about this in Proverbs 7 about the woman who goes lurking on the streets and she's pulling young men who are young in their faith and speaking in their ear. And, you know, it's, it's this thing that we are absolutely capable of as women, right? And I've seen it. I've, I can see that spirit. And we have the potential to either enlarge and make greater and bring the fullness of what we're hearing, um, what we're receiving, or we can actually be the strongest opposition through manipulation, through the turning of the head, through the whispering in the ears, the gossiping. And it says in Proverbs 7, you know, the woman could not keep her feet at home. So a practical way of this is be home. Be, be home. Stay home. Be present. Thank you. Be aware of what you have been given. Be in alignment to what the Lord is saying. Be under the covering don't go walk about. Don't go listening to other things that are happening outside. Um, and I, I mean this by the, the gossiping and the busybodies and the, the idling. It's, it also talks about don't, don't idle, you know. Get, it's like don't sit back and think it's all good. It's like be intentional, you know. Um, be committed to your home. That's what I've written. Be committed to your family. Okay, so <clears throat> be committed to the Lord first and foremost. Be committed to your physical family. But I would say as importantly, or maybe even more so, your spiritual family. Um, I'm just going to end with this. The glorious intent of the Lord from the beginning, the redemption plan, where it all started after the fall with Adam and Eve. You know, um, when Adam saw Eve, it says he rejoiced, and he said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And I, I don't think there's a more beautiful picture of Christ rejoicing over his church, that he can, that he is 
looking for his bride that has actually come from his side, that is so like him, so of his DNA, that, sh- that he can look at it, her and go, she is the bone of my bone, she is the flesh of my flesh, she is the absolute full representation, reflection of who I am, uh, not, from, not in appearance only, but in the heart, because she knew my intents, she knew my design, and she knew how to function within that. Um, the original plan always and will be a perfect partnership. It's not a war for equality, it's a pursuit for equal uh, for an equal, perfect partnership. And um, it's important that we understand this because that is part of our future call as the church in Christ reigning over nations. And he says, I will, I will give you nations. Can we hear the provision? I will give you these things, but it's, it will be out of a place of entrusting it to you because I can, because you have come from me. Right, You have come from my side. You are the bone of my bone, the flesh of my flesh, and I can entrust you to go and multiply, to fulfill and expand, to raise the children of God, to, to have a covering or a, um, like an, o- I don't want to use the word oversight, but you know, over the, the tent, the household, that you're watchful, you're alert, you're aware of what is going on within your household. Um, while we wait for Christ's return, let's be faithful to his home and to his family so that it's worthwhile for Christ to leave his father and be joined with his church, which is us. Cool? All right, I'm going to leave it there. Um, I'd love to just pray um, together um, and... Yeah, maybe, I don't know how we're doing for time, but maybe if, if anyone has any thoughts or, or questions, we could talk now. Um, but yeah, let's just pray. <clears throat> and please join me in prayer. I don't have to be the only one praying. Um, Lord, I just, I can't thank you enough for just who you are. Um, you are so good to us, Lord. And I pray this morning that we will hear and taste the intent of your heart right from the beginning, right through the ages to this day and beyond, Lord. I, Father, that I pray, Lord, that you would just um, stir up a hunger and a desire, Lord, to be um, to to be women that uh, want to uh, expand your household and raise your spiritual family. To, to know the desire of your heart, where, where we are placed. It's not one of inequality, it's one of function. And I pray, Father, we would rejoice in our function, that we would not try to be anything we're not, that we would not try overshadow or dominate um, the, the covering, the leadership and the, the males in our lives, Lord. I pray that we would understand we, we are all created in a divine order, um, and and we have seen the picture of the divine order being um, manipulated or or messed with that that two can't tell one and one can't tell you <laughs> so I just pray Lord that we as a church and as a body we would align ourselves in the divine order that we would know that everything originates from you 
um, and not to, to feel inferior or to be in competition, but to know that submission is one of our greatest um, one of our greatest tools, if you wish, in the kingdom to, to come into the fulfilling life of, um, of, yeah, life in you as a woman. So I thank you for who you are, and I thank you for every heart in this room and every woman within our spiritual household. I pray, Lord, um, even as we, we come into um, Passover um, at this time, Lord, that we would just uh, repent for uh, things that you might be showing us where we have um, not allowed you in or where we've been in opposition um, to, to the men or the males in our lives, Lord, whatever they are, whether they are brothers, whether they are um, our fathers, our grandfathers, our bosses, whatever, whatever place, Lord, they're in. Father, I just pray that you would turn the light on in the dark spaces and Lord, that again, we would be, we would desire as your church, as her, to create a space in our heart where we would be hospitable to your spirit, where we would call you and welcome you home. I pray that we would be women within the household that can look to the future and smile, not be fearful because we've prepared our household for the winter snow. We have prepared, we've used our hands um, to, to cover our home, to beautify, to adorn it and to extend it. That we do not worry for our family because we trust in, in the call on her life, and um, that uh, the call on our family's lives, um, physical and spiritual, Lord, that, that we would be stewards and servants within the household, Lord. 